No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of the Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. God has given His Word so that every person may know how to have eternal life. There are promises for obeying and disobeying His commandments. Today we examine the shock and the awe the Lord promised Israel if they refused to keep His covenant. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Darrell continues in Leviticus chapter 26 on Simply the Bible. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12:5, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and scourges every son whom He receives. While most of us would desire to know God's pleasure rather than his punishment, being a child means that we also know his discipline, or else we're not a legitimate child. God was a father to the nation of Israel. He had fatherly compassion for them, but his anger could also be kindled against them if they broke his covenant. A good father explains the blessings of obedience but also warns of the consequences of disobedience. That is what God does in Leviticus 26. Now, yesterday we looked at his promises for the obedient. Today we continue with the promises for the disobedient. The chapter ends on a note of hope, however, if after turning away from the Lord, the people would return to him. Many of the punishments of this chapter are so horrible as to be almost unthinkable. During the U.S. war in Iraq in 2003, I remember the television broadcast of shock and awe. This was a military strategy designed to so overwhelm the enemy with relentless and targeted destruction that they would have no choice but to quickly surrender. Shock and awe is what I think of as I consider God's warnings to his people in this chapter. We pick it up in Leviticus 26 verse 14. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes or if your soul abhors my judgments so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant. We come now to the second if of this chapter, and it is the condition of their disobedience. Because of their decision to turn from the Lord and his commandments, everything else would follow. Such is the power of choice. How we feel about God's rules is the early warning sign. David said that the judgments of the Lord are to be desired more than gold and are sweeter than honey. Do we delight in them or do we find them to be restrictive or archaic? How we feel about God's laws determines whether he will be our friend or foe because it tells us early on whether we will regard his commandments or disregard them. If we despise his statutes, then it won't be long before we break his covenant. Verse 16, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. We will see that God would bring five degrees of punishment. They would begin relatively lightly and increase in severity based upon their stubbornness. The terrors that God appoints are designed to bring people to repentance, but if refused, then they get worse. 
God's first terrors would be wasting disease and fever. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. They would be intimidated and defeated by their enemies. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze, and your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. This would begin the second degree of punishment. Seven times more indicates complete or perfect punishment. To break their pride, God would withhold rain so that the heavens would be like iron and the earth would be like bronze. The harder they worked, the less they had to show for it. That alone can break a man. Then, if you walk contrary to me and are not willing to obey me, I will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sins. This would be the third degree of punishment. Plagues according to their sins. For example, the Egyptians worshipped the Nile, so God turned the Nile to blood. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in number. And your highways shall be desolate. In the book of 2 Kings, we read of an incident where two bears killed 42 youths. Imagine living in terror, not knowing when a wild animal would drag off one of your children. No one would travel the highways for fear of wild beasts. And if by these things you are not reformed by me, but walk contrary to me, then I also will walk contrary to you, and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. When you are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. This is the fourth degree. God would walk contrary to them. I can't imagine of anything worse than having God who loves his creation and is for his people, turning and becoming their enemy. You talk about a losing proposition? God would strengthen the sword of their enemies against them and would bring pestilence against them as well. When I have cut off your supply of bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall bring back your bread by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. The sword Famine and pestilence are God's ways of punishing the obstinate. He will use the same methods in the future against a Christ-rejecting world, according to Revelation chapter 6. And after all this, if you do not obey me but walk contrary to me, then I also will walk contrary to you in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins." You shall eat the flesh of your sons, and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters. This is the fifth degree of punishment. The thought of cannibalism is truly horrific. Yet this is exactly what happened during the siege of Samaria at the time of Elisha the prophet. The famine was so severe that they ate the flesh of their own children. I will destroy your high places, cut down your incense altars, and cast your carcasses 
on the lifeless forms of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. The high places would be where they would offer sacrifices to their pagan gods. Because they had worshipped lifeless idols, God would cast their lifeless bodies upon them, and God's soul would abhor them. I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation, and I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. This happened on three occasions. The Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom, the Babylonians destroyed the southern kingdom and Solomon's temple, and the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the rebuilt temple in 70 AD, thus bringing sacrifices to Yahweh to an end. I will bring the land to desolation, and your enemies who dwell in it shall be astonished at it. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you. Your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbaths as long as it lies desolate in your your enemy's land. Then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, it shall rest. For the time it did not rest on your Sabbaths when you dwelt in it. Even their enemies would be astounded at how completely desolate the land became after God was through with them. He would scatter them throughout the nations. And of course, this is exactly what happened after the Babylonian captivity where they had neglected to give the land its Sabbath rest for 490 years. So God gave the land its rest for 70 years. And as for those of you who are left, I will send faintness into their hearts in the lands of their enemies. The sound of a shaken leaf shall cause them to flee. They shall flee as though fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when no one pursues. They shall stumble over one another as if it were before a sword when no one pursues, and you shall have no power to stand before your enemies. You shall perish among the nations, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. And those of you who are left shall waste away in their iniquity in your enemies' lands, also in their fathers' iniquities, which are with them. They shall waste away. After the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD and the Jews were scattered to every nation, they were persecuted wherever they went. During World War II, they were hunted down by Hitler and the Nazis, millions wasted away literally in concentration camps. Verse 40, but if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me and that they also have walked contrary to me and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt. We see here the third pivotal if, if they would confess their iniquity and their unfaithfulness, and if their hearts would be humbled so that they would accept their guilt and the justice of God's punishments. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember, I will remember the land The land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they despised my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. 
Yet for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, nor shall I abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them. For I am the Lord their God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. Notice that God's forgiveness was based upon his covenant with the patriarchs. Even though they forgot God and his commandments, God would remember his covenant. We're told in 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. God would not cast them away or utterly destroy them, but he would remember the covenant he made with their ancestors. God's faithfulness to the children of Israel, in spite of being stiff-necked and rebellious, should give us all hope when we have trusted in Jesus Christ for our salvation. He who began the good work in us will bring it to completion. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between himself and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. Understand that God warns those whom he loves as a loving father warns his children. Those who resist God and his commands only harm themselves and turn their back on the one who loves them the most. May God help us all to heed his voice. And if we are in the land of desolation because of our sins, then let us come back today, for he is merciful and forgiving to those who truly repent. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of the Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to our website at calvarytv.org. You can also text us at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow, we will finish our study of Leviticus by considering the things that the people could dedicate to the Lord. We hope you'll join us for the conclusion of the book of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.